Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewellery of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweller since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Lucas and Vincent were not in the mainstream of gay life. I was saving body parts such as uh, skulls. Doesn't it bother you that he's a fag? You have done me a great service. Now I must service you. And the drugs were, were always a, a cry for attention, for somebody to pay attention to me before I, you know, kill somebody. <laughs> You can imagine what it smells like if you go into a closed room. Something is trying to get inside my body. Yeah, she's female and she's waiting for you in the cabana. And you want to sleep with me. Buckle up, Sodomites, and welcome to the Sinister Sissies Podcast, your guide to true crime, horror, and everything man-on-man and macabre. I'm Jared, your master of depravity, staring at the beautiful face of Sam Hamilton, via zoom again Sam. hello hello yes he was staring at my balls before yes um, apparently he prefers my face but i i groomed those balls real good for him so i'm i'm, I'm sad to hear that basically i was trying to like i was trying to fix a tech issue and my balls <laughs> just accidentally appeared but it was you know there's nothing was... nothing better than a bit of a surprise genital um it was an showing, experience you know? it was an experience that i had show and I tell with daddy and slave is either positive or negative <laughs> Um, all right. I was, well, <laughs> I was about to say, my ego of down balls. a few notches. I was about to say, speaking of balls, but that's not a very good tie in for this movie. Um, um, well, look, this we don't see any balls in this movie, but um, I feel like genitalia definitely does factor into a lot of the uh, the macabre happenings. Uh, we're talking about a Spanish film which is quite a difficult and disturbing movie uh we're talking about in a glass cage or in my shitty what is with jared (laughs) my shitty spanish you didn't let me do my shitty spanish (laughs) and my shitty spanish do your shitty spanish trasel cristal i just have to say though jared what is with you picking these depraved movies um now twice in a row that have just left me wanting to like jump for a window and hide from the world i love it i love Uh, my faith in society is lessening by the week I love a good nihilistic eat shit and die film. It's beautiful. You couldn't even call these movies like rape revenge movies. They're just, They're just nihilistic. <laughs> but, but there's there's definitely some artistic merit to both of them. I quite enjoyed both of them, but at the same time, I was very distressed and had to stop this one um, like yeah. three times. So oh, did you? Yeah, there's particular like scenes not like I, we'll I could have made I could have made it through, but I was just getting a bit like. Ugh, uh, uh. Um, so in a glass cage, uh, was made in 1986 by Auguste Villaronga. How, how was that? 
that was that wasn't too bad. Um, it was his first film. It was Villaronga's first film, and it it received a whole lot of international attention and praise. I think you can't deny that this is like a good movie, right? Like it's a well made. Oh no, movie. it's it's. No, it's it is very well shot. There are some incredible like suspense scenes. The scene, um, I guess we'll get into it as we talk yeah. about the film. But yeah, the scene where he's like harassing the guy's wife, I was like, my heart was pounding. And yeah, this oh, yeah. great visuals, great performances. It's just yeah, it's just really fecked up. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I actually don't know if the film is still banned in Australia or not, but it, it was refused it was. classification here when it first yeah. came out. I think because. There are is I mean stylized abuse of children in the movie that's very graphic. And on a rewatch, when I when I first saw it, I thought it was like those scenes against children were like extremely graphic. But on a rewatch, that they're, they're actually not. They're just shot in such a way that it feels a lot more graphic than it actually shows. Um, Let's just uh, say the opening scene grabbed me. Yes. Grabbed yes. me by the balls, so to speak. So I think that that's a fair enough warnings. Uh, so, you know, it's the short plot to this is it's is an ex-Nazi doctor, child molester, um, is in uh, Catalonia. And we experience, uh, well, he's in Catalonia and he's in an iron lung. And the movie kind of takes off from there. If that sounds interesting to you i highly recommend seeing this movie uh it is should we a, should a we explain what an iron lung is oh okay explain what an iron lung is i don't know how to say it audibly you kind of need to google it well look google it if you're not sure because i'll i'll explain it you know accurately but basically he's immobilized and has to remain inside this glass cage yes uh, hence the so title. he can continue breathing so he's he can't yeah he's immobile he can't move he has a lot of time to reflect and then be confronted by one of his former victims. And he it's it's so clever, I think, to have such an evil, despicable character from the beginning be kind of vulnerable and pathetic. Like he's he's he just lies there and gasps for air, like he doesn't have a lot of dialogue and somehow it has a lot of presence to it. I thought that was very kind of clever in how it's done. Um, but before, uh, I, there's no way we can talk about this movie without getting into spoilers. So we're now going to go through the plot, but highly recommend this, this movie if you want to see it before listening to us. Um, but fair warning, it's very disturbing. The opening scene, which, as Sam said, captures your attention right away, we see Klaus, who is the former Nazi doctor who fled to Catalonia. Uh, He's not in an iron lung at this point. He's out in the open. 
um, photographing a naked young boy who I'm assuming would be about 10 or potentially younger than that. Um, hanging, Definitely prepubescent. There yeah, is, yeah. Hanging naked no from the ceiling, um, bloodied and beaten uh, and incredibly graphic. Um, you see everything and you see Klaus taking photos um, the the scene shifts perspective a bit and we see that somebody is watching him from the outside that is I suppose our main character um, I heard it pronounced Angelo and Angelo throughout the movie I'm gonna go with Angelo because I don't think I can pull off the uh, the slight accent in there um, we, we, you, we, you've, you've made some attempts already this episode so we'll, we'll stick to what Spanish. we know eh? yeah I'm, I'm slightly better with the French, the French in Irreversible um, well I can only him. do Bogan so you're already you're already outclassing me uh, so Angelo is watching him from the outside Klaus picks up a plank of wood and uh, beats the boy to death um, Klaus then goes to the top of the tower and do we actually see him jump? No. We just see him watching outward uh, into the tower. Um, but in our next scene, there's talk about a an accident and a fall. And so the implication of that is that Klaus actually jumped and attempted to commit suicide. The opening credits play as we see photos of Klaus with very young boys. Um, on a rewatch, I've realized that one of those young boys is actually the young Angelo. Because um, when I first watched this, it wasn't entirely clear to me that Angelo was one of the boys that he'd abused in the past. Um, but on a rewatch, that's actually clearer. Is that a revelation to you? Did you pick that up? or? No, I thought that was really clear from the beginning. But oh, really? Maybe I already had in my head, though, that the premise of the film was one of, like, a pedophile's former victim becoming his nurse or something like that. So maybe it was already ingrained in my mind, but I, I felt like it was pretty, pretty clear from obvious, the start. but maybe, well, I, on a rewatch, I think I probably clued into it fairly early on as well. Um, he does present himself initially as just someone who had been, who had watched him and was inspired by his acts and that he wanted to do what he did after reading his diaries um, but then over time, Klaus realizes that it was the young boy that he had abused earlier. Um, in So Klaus, after he jumped off the tower, is now, as we said, in an iron lung. Um, right off the bat, there's kind of uh, the internal monologue of the wife as she writes a letter because she wants a nurse to look after him where she ultimately, she just admits that he um, used to do experiments on children. Uh, so the, the wife here, uh, Griselda, isn't exactly the most innocent person either. Um, she's... No, Griselda, Griselda is one bit of Betty. She is, she is not happy. Yeah. That, that actress really made me, like, hate her. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's kind of this, like, um, like powerful matriarch type, you know, uh, a bit of a, a Nazi, although he he does say that they met each other after he fled um, uh, the war. So she's just willingly knows that he's a Nazi. Um, 
and they are also living there with Klaus and uh, Griselda's daughter, Raina. Um, so we know that Griselda wants to hire a nurse and suddenly there's this very odd scene where their maid rushes in and says, someone just ran into his room. We, we don't know what's going on. And it turns out it's Angelo. He's um, like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here to be a nurse. And she's like, I don't know you. Yeah. And he's already had some sort of conversation with Klaus as he's um, lying in the iron lug and Klaus convinces Griselda to um, have him look after him as a nurse. Um, the actor who plays Angelo... Um, I is very sexy. He is very sexy. Um, kind of very distinct eyes and like like a, a very odd presence to him like he's kind of unnerving but also innocent at the same time which was like amazing casting i think look yeah very good casting choice he definitely embodies kind of like the angel of death angelo you know he's like you know yeah he's 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 innocent but you can you can feel there's something else going on there yeah and uh so eventually klaus convinces his wife to hire angelo as a nurse um angelo would also be living in the house that night angelo um jumps on top of the the cage um and opens it up and kind of straddles klaus in a very sexual way klaus is gasping for air because the iron lung is open and Angelo's stroking him and, and goes in to, to kiss him as Angelo slowly goes down, seemingly like he's about to give Klaus a, a blowjob. Um, yeah, and then some, we some cut serious away. foreplay right there. That's yeah. like asphyxiation to a whole new level. <laughs> and the, the, the psychosexual weird stuff to do with this is because Angelo was, we, we learn later, Angelo was abused by Klaus when he was like, six years old that flashback scene at the very end makes it look like angelo was incredibly young um and is is fascinated with klaus griselda uh is pissed off that angelo's there she gets even more pissed off because she asks angelo to give the maid a shot and soon realizes that he is not actually a nurse at all um Interesting following that, there's that scene where Griselda trips over the... She's arguing with Klaus about, about, you know, getting rid of Angelo and she trips over the power cord and she just hesitates because she contemplates letting him die for a period of time because she's as over him as, as anyone else. Yeah, well, that, that I mean, it was, it was one of those scenes where you knew she wasn't really going to do it, but I think it definitely gives you a good indication of where their relationship's at and where she's... She's, she she wants an out. She she knows this man's despicable. Mm. Maybe somehow she was able to justify it to herself in the early years of the relationship. But yeah, she's definitely, she's repulsed by him and you can tell that. Um, meanwhile, the young Raina develops, a, a, I guess, a little crush on Angelo. Raina, Raina's probably, what, 12 or 13, I think. Um, yeah? Yeah, she's young. She's, she, I'd say she's preteen. Or maybe like 11 um they she she kind of takes a shine to him straight away i think partially because her mother's such a bitch <laughs> uh 
later. Well, despite how psychotic and deranged and damaged Angelo is, I'd still say he's the best pick of the three. So, yeah. So th- actually, before he starts carrying out murders, yeah, <laughs> I take that back. The uh, the Reina Angelo dynamic kind of evolves over time, and the film ends in a really artsy way that I thought was kind of interesting in terms of their dynamic. Um. Angelo starts reading Klaus's diaries uh, from the war out loud to him. Um, it, it talks about Klaus's experimentation with children. He would inject them with various chemicals in the heart and see how long they would last um, as part of his experiments. And then that eventually over time led to him molesting boys um, uh, who I'm assuming were young Jewish boys who he was experimenting on. Um, as Angelo is describing this stuff, he strips completely naked and uh, masturbates in front of Klaus. It's uh, one, it's, I, spo- I suppose, the second most disturbing, um, what, in sequence, the second disturbing scene in the film after the opening. Um, him just talking about molesting boys and then masturbating over over Klaus. What do you think? Did you find it sexy, Sam? <laughs> Is that why you're looking weird? I, I did not find it sexy. No. <laughs> um, is it implied that he that he like ejaculated on Klaus? Because mm. you know who he's because because then he's like, hey Griselda, come in here, and he like sh- he like shows the wife. Um, yeah, like I guess his semen on Klaus, and then Griselda's understandably like, "Get the fuck out of my house." Yeah, and um, because it's in, in the story, I think Klaus was ejaculating on the boy, and so it was repeating what was being described. Which, again, understanding Angelo's psychology is so different because he keeps claiming claiming that he wants to become Klaus, but I think there's also a huge motive of wanting to punish him or or, or have him continually remember what he's done. Um, but then straight after this scene, um, so as he's masturbating over Klaus, he does mention that he thinks his wife must go. Um, and you said you like this scene, this, um, scene where Angelo attacks Griselda. It's just, it's a, it's a very well done, like suspense scene, I think, because you sort of, he looks at Griselda in a way that unnerves her and he knows, like, she kind of knows like, fuck, okay. And at first, I'm not sure if he is really going to do anything. It's one of those scenes that it just stays locked on like their gazes for quite some time. And you think at first that he might let her go if she just leaves. But yeah, then it ends not so well for poor Griselda. In a very... um, She tries. uh, She tries. (laughs) In a very uh, Suspiria way, I thought. The hanging. Yes. Um, I mean, it was a very calculated and very, um, very, what's the word? immaculate elaborate um ways to stage her death but uh he he makes it work well yeah because he he hangs her initially and then uh puts her body on top of the iron cage and so um uh so he's forced to, to just watch her dead body i think for the entire night before he moves her let's just say he's giving klaus a taste of his own medicine uh in a big way <laughs> He ain't getting off easy. We know, we, know, we know that he's unhinged and like destined for some like prime revenge now. With Griselda gone, um, Angelo somehow manages to convince Reina that the, the mother's just left 
she doesn't seem all that fussed by the fact that her mother's gone. I don't know. At some point, I think she does realize that her, that Angela killed her mother, but I don't think she was, you know, that upset about it. She was definitely. Well, I feel like the. I feel like the film is sort of trying to tap into a bit of like Stockholm syndrome between Raina and Angelo, the sort of the same way that Angelo is sort of sort of like stuck in the past and reliving the past now mm. with the things that he's doing to get revenge on Klaus. So I feel like there was some sort of common thread there where it was like, we've we eventually sort of become in these situations, we kind of become our captors. Yeah. And I suppose that's part of what follows then. So a couple of other things happen. Angelo I mean, the cycle of abuse, it's quite common for people yeah. to do that, yeah. I guess, in real life. Yeah, um, because the the next thing that Angelo does, he um, has learned from reading Klaus's diaries that, that one way that Klaus used to attract boys is to offer them cigarettes or, or money. Um, and Angelo meets a young boy um, out in the nearby town. They're kind of in an isolated place in the town. They're kind of the weird foreigners in the area. Um, and Angelo initially offers him a cigarette, and the boy says no, and then um, offers him money to take things back to the house. Um, once they're at the house, uh, we get a uh, very disturbing scene. All the child actors in this movie are like crazy good. And that's half of why it's so disturbing. Um, Angela takes the young boy to Klaus, um, uh, tries to get Klaus to tell the boy to undress because that's how he would usually uh, go about um, molesting the victims. Um, Angelo strips him, straps him to a chair and then injects the boy with a syringe full of gasoline. Um, and it's not a sudden death either. The boy kind of gasps for air over a long period of time before dying. Yo, Klaus. Amo la muerte. Like it cu- it cuts quite erratically, like when he actually dies. But yeah, the whole the build up is quite. Mm. Um, yeah, it kind of reminded me of that scene in Promising Young Woman where someone's getting smothered with a pillow, and it just doesn't happen in ten seconds. Let's just say that. No, it's it's drawn out, and like I think um, it's so rare in movies to see them kill a kid generally, um, but when they do, it it's usually very sudden. Not this like drawn out the child's gasping for air as he slowly dies uh and so pretty pretty fucked up what did you interpret jared when so at first he's trying to instruct klaus to get the boy to undress mm. klaus won't do it but then it doesn't take a whole lot of convincing so what, what do you think he, it was, what do you think the movie was like trying to say in that moment there's a bit where um I think it's more in the next scene, but there's a bit in both the scenes where it seems like Klaus, d- despite himself, is kind of getting off, off it, or like he's yeah, it's, he can't look away. Yeah, I read it that he it was kind of like that. No, no, no. Yeah, you know, yeah. That kind of like that was meant to sound like someone who's like aroused and like quote unquote objecting. Yeah, you know, it, like when it um yeah, that was that was a weird thing to say. It probably sounded no, like no, I was like. No, 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 <laughs> 
no, no, I think that's better to say. Yeah, he's definitely. Um, and this is this is the kind of moral ambiguity of Angelo, in that he um, is killing this boy, um, but he's doing it in order to punish Klaus because he thinks that what Klaus did was wrong, um, and so it's this very fucked up psychology, um, and because I don't know. I don't think Angelo is into this. I think he's doing it because it was done to him and he's repeating the cycle to punish Klaus. Well, it definitely seems like he was he's primarily motivated by the yeah, the revenge aspect. It doesn't seem like he had like he's we never see him do anything to anyone unless it's gonna be like for Klaus's eyes. It's not like, you know, I've, I feel like that they would have tried to show us in another way that he was sort of, he'd become just like Klaus if that well, was the case. I know there's one interpretation that, that, um, Angelo, um, as a way of dealing with his own trauma, um, slowly throughout the film becomes Klaus. And part of that is the house slowly transforms into, there's like barbed wire everywhere um, like it kind of transforms into a concentration camp um, and Klaus starts dressing in these really kind of like not quite full fascisty gears but his 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 dress changes and the way that he acts changes yeah definitely um, and that the Angelo was trying to become Klaus as a way of kind of um, dealing with the fact that he was victimized to kind of become the yeah. offender it's just a shame that several people had to die for him to get his um, to get his, 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 uh, I don't even know if you'd call this therapy, but to, uh, to come to terms healing. with his trauma. Healing, maybe. <laughs> yes. His healing process, uh, cost, cost a couple of people some heartbeats. In one of Klaus's diaries, um, there's a story of him making all the boys, uh, sing and he picked the one that had the best voice. Uh, in order to molest and and kill and angelo's inspired by that he goes to the nearby town and there's a choir group singing and he selects a boy from that choir group um he takes him back to the house in front of klaus again doing what he did with the previous boy uh this is the fucked up scene like this is this is the like I remember when I first watched this, it um, that's what really made me want to turn off the movie was this particular scene because the actor is great, that kid actor. I did look, the all both the boys uh, in this had successful careers in, in Spain or, or continuing to work in Spain as actors. They didn't just do this. Okay. They didn't just do this one fucking. Well, I'm glad film. this wasn't their only French acting. I'm. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of. Th- I was kind of thinking. Okay, I wonder if these kids acted again because it's probably, you know, this is probably mildly traumatic. Depending on what they were told, what direction they were giving. Well, given. I think. Well, so this this particular scene. I think the reason I find it so disturbing is, um, the boy singing and crying and is stripped from the top down, um, and Angelo has a knife, but it's filmed. I don't know how to describe this without it seeming really inappropriate, but like it is filmed in a like sexualized way. Do you get what I mean? Like it kind of goes from his face and then like lingers downwards. 
which I think is meant to be like Klaus's perspective. Because in that scene in particular, I really saw that he, again, despite himself, was being turned on by what was happening. Yeah, it was definitely like an erotic gaze, I would say. Yeah. It's like strange as that, as that, as it is to word that way, because this is like a child. Yeah. I feel like it was, yeah, well, it was th- like, it was definitely meant to be like Klaus's perspective. Well, that's why it's disturbing, though. It's because it's, it's, it's a, yeah. a film shot that's meant to be a sexy film shot on what is a young boy crying because he's terrified and singing out of fear. Um, While and- he's about to have his throat slit. Yeah, so Angelo takes out the knife and, and slits his throat and then the blood goes down his um, chest and then there's a quick cutaway, which I think is meant to be like jarring you that, that that's actually occurred. Um, so I think that that that's definitely a scene that stuck out in my mind when I first watched it. It's one of those things that um, uh, it makes you feel like you're watching something. Like as in I, 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 for the podcast I watched like Salo, and Salo has a lot of those scenes, but at, at a certain point, it's kind of... Have you have you seen Salo? 120 days I actually haven't of... seen it. I've always, been too af- I've always been too afraid to watch it. It's the kind of film I would need a reason to... to like, if we, if we revisit visit it for an episode, then I'd watch it. But that's, that's probably all that's going to get me there. Maybe that's like a Patreon audio commentary, maybe. I, um, <laughs> it's, it's a good movie. As in, Pasolini's a genius. I know it's there's scat involved. Yeah, and it's like... It's see at a certain point it it's like because it's deliberately over the top with all of its violence and everything it kind of becomes a bit ridiculous and so you're you're not yeah as, I mean I've always when people have talked about it no one's really like that film like Scott people say it's fucked up but in that way where it's kind of almost like it's on the verge of being comical at times because they just the envelope just keeps getting pushed to sort of like yeah it's a bit like like the human centipede or like those sorts of things where it's you know it's impersonal as opposed to this particular scene where again that filmmaking is making you just watch this happen and it's very like intimate uh that I yeah because it's it kind so of it's, it's it's exploitative but it's shot very artfully and it's it, it it happens sparingly enough throughout the film that it still is very effective it's not like when people tell me about 100 days of sailor so- or salo or whatever it's called yeah sodom <laughs> Um, you know, everyone's like, oh, someone's shitting in someone's mouth, someone's doing this, someone's doing this. So it loses its power and eventually, I guess, just becomes almost like laughably nihilistic, whereas this is kind yeah. of very measured in the way that it is presented. Interesting. The the poop in Salo was apparently, um, they deliberately made it so it was like chocolate, but that it also had like really bitter, weird flavors in there. Pasolini deliberately did it so that they would feel nauseated as they were eating, <laughs> so that they had well, genuine. There you, go. you got to draw those performances out somehow. <laughs> yeah, these poor like teenage. You know, premium Sara Lee chocolate ice cream isn't going to do it. <laughs> um. So again, that's the that's the big scene. Um in the movie i think disturbing wise it's interesting this film because like not a lot happens at times but it's yeah it's very much like sort of a a mood piece like i remember it was like 50 minutes in and i was like oh the plot sort of hasn't gone where i thought it would go i thought this would get to where it is now like in the first sort of 15 minutes but it's i don't know if i'd call it a slow burner per se but, but yeah there's there's kind of only like four or five big narrative beats i feel like yeah, I don't know, as in the, the, you would know these things better than I would, but in terms of, like, acts, 
I suppose the end, I definitely think this killing is the end of a particular act. And then we've got like the final um, act. Mm. Um, But it is kind of just like drifting in that really like nihilistic way of like, again, I think that that adds to the disturbing aspect because it's not like the hero is going to save the day. (laughs) Like there's no, we're not leading up to a, like a, a great satisfying ending. It's just like, awful shit is happening and we're just lingering in this space for now um yeah so, I, I would i would agree with that so the the final act um eventually klaus becomes uh concerned that rainer might be at risk rainer and angela have been arguing for some time um rainer tries to leave but angelo returns um and there's oh, there's also an interesting scene bef- where angelo tells reina that she, um he's her daddy now or he's yes. her father now he definitely took on this like this parental role which again i think works with that narrative of angelo transforming into klaus that he's assumed the father role i'm your father now um and the the kind of climactic moment in the film is Angelo finally removes Klaus from his iron lung. And this is where we see flashes back to when Klaus abused Angelo as a child. Um, He repeats the dialogue of the flashback. So he he offers him a cigarette and then um, makes Klaus go down on him as Klaus is kind of suffocating because he doesn't have the iron lung to breathe. Um, And then then klaus eventually dies and this is all done in in rena's presence and the final scene and i'm interested to know what your interpretation of this is the very final scene is um angelo again takes on the total identity of klaus and goes into the iron lung itself and rena does she kind of become Angelo a bit in the end? She dressed, she changes well, that, her appearance. What, well, I think it kind of goes with this theme of like, we become like that. What I was bringing up before, of she sort of becomes his victim and gets encapsulated in that role mm. in the end. So she ends up presenting as a boy. Yeah. After finding a, fo- what appears to be a photograph, which I'm assuming was meant to be of Klaus and, Angelo, but we never see the actual, like, we never no. see what she's looking at. And she goes into Angelo's room and she finds, like, boys' clothes. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I get, so yeah, she puts she puts them on and then she goes and tends to Angelo and that's the end of the, that's the end of the film. But yeah, I think it's, it's sort of, yeah, I guess it's like, yeah, they've traded places almost. Yeah, and I suppose it is it's that, that theme you were talking about earlier, that it's just the cycle of, of abuse continues. Very nihilistic message, I guess, to the overall film. So yeah, definitely very yeah. interested to hear other people's perspectives on the film, if they're able to access it. Because, yeah, it is a bit of a yeah, rare check find, it out. but it's, it's out there if you want it. You, you can find it if you... I, I don't want to... <laughs> say anything that violates copyright law i mean it's been but, released on uh, blu-ray and all that kind of stuff it's just not it's, it's just you we definitely it bought it on blu-ray <laughs> we definitely oh, bought course. it and watched um, on blu-ray <laughs> that special edition wow um 
Um, yeah, definitely check it out if you can handle a um, kind of quietly disturbing but very well done movie. Thank you for listening to the Sinister Sissies podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Sinister Sissies. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared Bartle. You can follow us on Instagram at Sinister underscore Sissies, where you can also contact Sam. Uh, we would love... Uh, I get very lonely. Support. He does. Send him I would love... I, I, enjoy, I enjoy the messages. You can send me whatever you want. I will take it. Uh, we would love your support on Patreon if you can afford it. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but we're currently going through a, a, an odd funding thing right now. So if you could support us on Patreon, it would really help us out. And until next time, stay sinister. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.